This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, what I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. We got a really interesting show today because in the midst of everything that happened in San Diego Comic-Con, one of the biggest things that people are talking about, absolutely the biggest thing people are talking about, is the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer and our thoughts about what we saw and also the knowledge of knowing that T'Challa will not be in the movie from a storyline standpoint, because it is in fact been said that they're killing him off. Um, You know, as we know, Chadwick Boseman sadly passed away in his forties, way too early of cancer. One of the most darkest moments of 2020 of everything that has happened with Breonna Taylor and, 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 George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, and everything that was going on in the Black Lives Matter movement and COVID and everything. On top of all that, we lost somebody that was becoming our hero from a motion picture standpoint. And now from a real world standpoint, because how everything happened with him was just, it was surreal. It was unbelievable what he did and what we know of what he did leading up to his passing. It's just an amazing man that we lost. But in midst of this, we know that Marvel said that they were going to honor him by not letting anybody play the role of T'Challa. And at the time, that was a that was we, in the midst of everything. But, you know, I, for fighting fans, um, I could give this analogy because this is kind of how we felt. 
when somebody loses from a knockout or something like that and they've lost so many times to this sense but you get knocked out you get somebody who interviews you if you're ufc you're probably joe rogan i guess um and they interview you about you know how you felt about the fight and everything and you don't know what to really think because you just got knocked out you got hit hard damn near may have got a concussion from the from the fight and so you're saying all types of things you're feeling all types of ways and sometimes you feel like let's you're gonna get back up and get to it other times it's like i gotta reevaluate my life right now because i think this may be it um you know i've been out of it for way too long and you know maybe it's just my time to retire that's how we kind of felt during that time when he, he passed and then as time goes by, we start to rethink things and we start to reevaluate things because time has passed. We allow time to pass. We've healed a little bit. We have time to think about these things. And now throughout the time since then, we've had people who still think that nobody should take that role. But then we also have a now this is not like a vocal minority. This is a indeed a split decision from the fans far and wide who some think that nobody should take that role. There are others that think that, you know, respectfully, somebody should take that role and, you know, do it over like and play T'Challa, not just Black Panther, T'Challa, because in the comics, there are others who take it over. Shuri is most notably known for taking over the helm of Black Panther. Will she do it in this movie? I have my I have my theories, thoughts and doubts, and I made my predictions last week about that. But people are starting to think maybe they should you know recast respectfully somebody who can really play that role respectfully you know and do it justice do it the way that chadwick would have wanted or maybe and and for those who say that chadwick would have wanted this way we don't really know what the hell chadwick would have wanted so we can't speak for a man who's not here to speak for himself okay as much as it sounds good to say or cliche it is to say it's not true we don't know that's just reality we do not know it it, it's mostly from the people who don't know chadwick personally you know i'm saying like so let's get that out of the way let's let's stop with that we don't know what he would have thought or what he would have suggested you know it we just don't know i he he comes off as a very genuinely humble guy especially what we learned of him it sounds like something that he would probably do or want to say or you know do it's possibly true we just don't know but we've heard a lot of people's opinions one in particular um was a very strong powerful not only just perspective i want to say opinion but it was just a perspective of how he felt and thought about it and he gave a lot of good insight as to why they probably would have recite uh, you know rep they should reprise it and that's none other than one of my favorite people that i've followed for quite some time van lathan jr um former producer of tmz oscar award winner and um just one of the best representations that tmz had before whatever incident that happened with him uh back then he has he has his own book now he's written he's written a book about what he went through and what he's going through when his father passed away in the pandemic and tmz and everything um he's one of the realest dudes i've ever seen on TV and when he was he was one of my biggest enjoyments because I felt proud that he was on TMZ and really you know not taking any of the crap from Harvey or anybody who was trying who felt like they understood our culture and community 
So he's off doing his own thing. He has a podcast called the Higher Learning Podcast, and he gave his thoughts about what he thought about recasting the role of T'Challa, and he doubled down on it. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to insect, or I'm sorry, not insect. Um, we're going to dissect. <laughs> we're going to dissect what he said. Um, and, you know, I'll give my thoughts about it because I do understand him. I do understand his situation. I'm in between. I could have done with or without as long as they did it respectfully. Um, but we're going to dissect this and talk about this in our talk topic. There will be no you know, movie reviews or anything like that. I do have thoughts on some things that I watched this week. So and things that you may want to check out this week, mostly on HBO Max. So we're going to do all of that this week. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's get down to it. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. So we're going to start off with news on our favorite superhero anime series, and that is My Hero Academia World Heroes Mission. We finally got a release date for this movie that is coming out to digital. Um, it is now on sale for pre-order. It will be released on August 9th on multiple digital platforms. I got it on iOS. I was getting it on Vudu, but um, I found out that iOS was getting it and it was being put uh, ported on there. So um, I immediately took off my pre-order there and went over to iOS for this. Um, this is awesome. I don't know why it took so long for this to happen, but it it is happening. Um, it won't be for physical, apparently, uh, for what I was told by one of our ACMG uh, members that, you know, the physical version will take longer for it to come out. I wonder if it's possibly because the physical version wasn't coming out. They didn't want to wait entirely too long. Maybe they wanted to release the digital. And this is my speculation. This is not fact or anything like that. So don't quote me. Um, but this is just my speculation, my hypothesis, if you will. It possibly could be that a lot of times, you know, especially with the pandemic, you know, the process and to produce these physical versions is still a delay because they don't have enough people working factories. The, the economy is still a little bit, eh, you know, much to with you, whatever you hear on the, um, on the news. Remember, it's only five seconds, uh, seconds of a segment. You got to research to see more of the details of what they're really talking about. So a lot of things get left out in these segments and articles or whatnot. Um, but there, there's still some companies that are still having trouble being able to produce certain things, which is why a lot of people don't have PS5s right now. And, you know, um, you know, Nintendo Switch OLEDs to some extent and depending on where you live at. And this is probably the case. And they probably didn't want to bring out the digital version without bringing out, you know, knowing that when the physical version would come out sooner or later. So. I think the physical copy or the physical version with the bundles and everything is coming out. The box set bundles is coming out down the line. But, you know, August 9th will be the date for this. The original release of this in theaters was October 29th, 2021. If you guys remember last year, um, you know, it was right off the cuffs of uh, New York Comic Con when he had some of the cast of my herald there not the main core cast because i had the privilege of being able to interview those guys before that last year still i, th I still think that is awesome that we were able to do that in such a way um that i got the core cast and you know 
strangely in the biggest hall, one of the biggest halls in near at the Javits Center, they had like the the co-cast in there. I was like, why weren't the other guys there? And then meanwhile, Fan Expo, a lot of the same people that I interviewed ended up coming live to a smaller panel. And it, it was just it's just weirdly how things set up that way. But I am very thankful <laughs> for that because that was such an awesome moment. If you haven't seen my panel with the core cast of My Hero Academia, uh, you could go to, you could still type in into um, the uh, go to pop go to Popverse on YouTube because uh, a lot of my panels are there. Um, but findthemetaverse.com, you can still type that in. It's under I believe Popverse.com now. They they changed it, but they you know transfer they forwarded the uh address over there so people can now go to that because they're rebranding the whole thing uh over there repop but i like pop first better it's it's smaller it's shorter it's you know i always tell my clients when i you know help brand them and create you know websites for them always shrink down the name summarize it to something that's very simple to type in easier to type stuff like that so repop is always on point with that um but nonetheless, it's coming out. Uh, <laughs> today is the today is the thirty first. So in the course of, uh, give me a sec. In about like a little over a week, it's coming. It's coming, and uh, you're gonna definitely enjoy it if you haven't seen the movie yet. It is awesome. It was fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think I I did go to uh, see it twice. I went by myself to go see it. Uh, in theaters and then I went with um, one of my ACMG members uh, Kiana um, you know kind of playing chaperone in some cases you know because she took a class of uh, kids over with them so I ended up you know joining her with them and everything and rewatched the whole thing again it was pretty dope I'm looking forward to uh, checking it out once again and uh, owning it at home because I have a lot of sentimental value here towards this film uh, now in the series for that matter so get ready it's coming so uh also premiered this week is Harley Quinn season three. First three episodes has arrived. And for some reason, the rest of the season will premiere in September. I don't know why this is just a sneak preview, I guess. Maybe San Diego Comic-Con related or whatever. But um, they actually premiered the first three episodes. We got a chance to see it. I loved every one of them. I love Kaylee Cuoco. I love everything that she's been doing since she left Big Bang Theory. Um, in terms of like the flight attendant if you haven't watched that that's an awesome series of course it's from greg berlanti productions he doesn't just do comic book movies he i mean tv shows are or actually riverdale is based on the comic book too so like i said he doesn't just do comic book uh tv shows and series he also does uh other drama series and you know thrillers like that as well uh that series has been nominated uh many times before for uh, what they did, Kaylee Cuoco, I believe, was nominated for an award for that show. Fantastic. But she also plays Holly Quinn. She, under her production company and, and such, she's able to do this with uh, Warner Brothers and HBO. Gave her the helm to become Harley Quinn, Lake Bell as uh, Poison Ivy. And the first two seasons have been outstanding. This is like the epitome of any awesome adult swim flick that you watch but it's in rated r completely um they also have so many people ron funches is uh shark king um jb smooth is ivy's plant uh george uh george costanza jason alexander is also in there uh from time to time he plays like the 
the landlord or whatever like that. He's like the evil villain landlord. It's it's so funny. This no different. Like um, they're picking up right where they left off, which was a season two was huge because it was the coming out affair of Harley and Ivy. You know, Harley really was not only just wanted to be best friends with her, uh, Ivy, she really loved her and really fell in love with her. But she was with Kite Man at the time and it just fell into this situation that by the end of it, they wind up, uh, I, I believe they got married. I think that was what was going on with this whole thing. Uh, I got to watch season two again, but they were picking up right where they left off at the wedding that Kite Man and Ivy was supposed to do. But then Harley and Ivy ended up, you know, getting together. So they go on this tour of chaos traveling from region to region, including Superman's Fortress of Solitude, which they named the Eat Bang Kill Tour. And it was it's just utterly hilarious. I'm not even giving it justice as talking about it. Why on tour, Harley surprised Ivy with uh, a secret project that was abandoned and she wanted her to, you know, bring it back to her to bring it back to life and have her finish what she left off. Ivy's plan basically was to create a terraforming plant or create terra um, terraforming plants from the underground of Gotham City and create recreate the eco environment that it once was before, you know, people started creating civilization and buildings, which also created pollution and everything like that. So she wants to recreate that from scratch and go back to, you know, back to formula, if you will, from what uh, Norman Osborn would say on the uh, Rambi Spider-Man movies. So that was that. Uh, it didn't turn out as well as it was supposed to be, as you would expect from this series. Episode two, Harley took the gang out to an escape room to help develop Ivy's uh, Ivy as a leader because she's kind of an introvert in a, in a case. She doesn't mind being there for her friends, but Ivy, but Harley feels that she has the capabilities of becoming a leader. She's just trying to bring it out in her in her own little crazy psychotic way. Episode three, Harley, which I think was my favorite of the three. This was hilarious. Harvey and uh, Harley and Ivy, I should say, were nominated for the 83rd annual Billy Awards, you know, for the best outstanding villains out there, uh, hosted by the Joker, whose opening intro started off with him beating up what it looks like Robin, but it was in fact just like a dancer and they're doing this big choreographed number like you would see in every award ceremony. And it was awesome it was absolutely awesome and filled with and he had the crowbar with in his hand by the way too i should add that and filled with many villains around her that we saw through the last um couple seasons including kite man who was strangely and strategically uh you know placed to sit to sit right next to uh harley and ivy so they kite man has not seen those two since they left the wedding and since then Kite Man has been dating Golden Glider. So he he just, he got himself together and there was no ill will towards those two. And those two started realizing, you know, there was a big moral of this story that came in in terms of, you know, Ivy realizing how important Harley was to her in her lives and vice versa. And it, was, it ended up being a really cool thing. So I really loved the third episode. I really loved it. I'm looking forward to what's gonna happen in this season. So. <laughs> It's just going to be fantastic. Um, WB 
did state because I guess people on social media were asking if Harley was ever going to go back with the Joker. I never thought that that was the intent. And, you know, WB animation and WB weren't backed up, backed that up by saying that Harley would never be back with the Joker from the series. The whole point of the series is about liberation and Harley Quinn not being Mr. J's side piece is that's what this is all about. Her being her own um, person, Ivy being her own person, those two getting together, you know, just it, there's all types of things that are going on in here that is about being your own person, being your own strength. No matter how crazy, crazy and chaotic it is in this whole entire thing, it is absolutely phenomenal and funny as hell. So if you haven't checked it out and you got HBO Max, it's out now. Go out of your way, check it out. But remember, the third season or the rest of the season starts in September. So this is just a sneak preview of what's to come. So I'm looking forward to it. It's just awesome. Oh, I should also add that James Gunn has appeared in this thing multiple times along with Billy Bob Thornton. It's just, and it's really them. So get ready for that too. I thought that was hilarious. You know, he's just been all for, you know, being with DC since he did the Suicide Squad. So, and with the announcement that they're pretty much gonna end Guardians of the Galaxy with uh, volume three, he may step in to help DC rebuild. And I think that's an awesome thing. They need James Gunn. We saw this when we watched The Suicide Squad. It was an awesome film, possibly arguably the best DC film they've ever done, arguably. And then on top of that, Peacemaker was a phenomenal season that I believe is getting nominated for a Emmy. So there you go. Looking forward to all of that. Also, what I'm looking forward to, Dragon Ball Super Superheroes coming in August, the end of August. And trust me, for those who are listeners to the show, to those who are members of the ACMG Facebook group, we got you covered on this. Dragon Ball Super Superheroes brings Mario to the cast. Okay, this is awesome. The voice of Super Mario of every single 3D Super Mario game you've ever played. Actor Charles Martinet is going to be in Dragon Ball Super Superheroes. He will be playing one of the Red Ribbon Army guys named Magneta. And he is also being joined by other new cast members of the series as uh, Alix Lee, who's playing Gamma One, which is, if you watch the trailer, is one of the uh, Red Ribbon Superheroes that they have in here. Zeno Robinson playing Gamma Two. I know this this brother played in a uh, few different uh, anime shows. He's one of the rare black voice actors I've ever seen or I've ever heard of and known of in the uh, in, in SAG after. <laughs> Just put it like that. Uh, we also have Zach Aguilar, who's playing Dr. Hito. He plays in a ton of different stuff as well. And uh, Jason uh, Har uh, Harnacha, who plays crime. All these people are playing and uh, have played in different things. But Charles Mart Martinet, uh, who like I've only I've only heard him play Mario. That's it. He's iconic. He's known for playing Mario. So it's going to be great to see him be a part of this new Dragon Ball project, which is every time I see a trailer, it looks absolutely phenomenal. What I love about it most is that a friend of mine is finally going to get his flowers this 
version of this uh movie that being kyle a you heard him at the beginning of this you heard him on the select start the reason why i'm playing it is because that gentleman will be back on talk time live exclusive once again to talk about this movie and his experience and finally gohan getting his just due we've all been waiting for this for quite some time so uh the deal is is that we've already talked uh i immediately talked to him i was like you know i gotta get you back on the show just name it just name it please we got to talk about this um he i love him because he's always willing to come and talk to me i'm always honored to have him on and a man of his talent and his uh popularity to be on my platform is just ever so awesome and remember he came last thanksgiving to join me last year and i thought that was really awesome and he's coming back to talk about this and maybe I, I chances are this is not going to happen, but I'm going to bring up the question of a particular Capcom fighting game that is going to be coming back in 2023 that he may or may not be a part of. NDA may say no, we know yes, <laughs> but we'll work around talking about that as well. But nonetheless, Cal Abair is the star and focus of Dragon Ball Super Superhero, along with um, Piccolo, played by, of course, uh, Chris, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking out. Why am I blanking out on his name? Chris Sabat. <laughs> Chris Sabat and uh, Kyle Abair, who plays Piccolo and uh, Gohan. They're the big focus of this right now. They're both are going to be looking to be the most powerful in on Earth, which is awesome because it's like there's your Tier branch right there. You got Vegeta and Goku, who are like the most powerful in the universe technically goku is the most powerful in the universe and then you have the second tier so like think of gohan and piccolo as like the like the spider-mans or the street level uh heroes that can take care of earth while they're handling universal stuff so i like the direction that they're going with this and it makes all the sense in the world if they're not going to make gohan the most powerful dude in the world which they kind of kept saying all throughout the entire history of dragon ball uh lore that he is actually more powerful than his father, then why not just put him in this level? I don't mind this at all, but he finally gets his due right here. So stay tuned because this movie's coming out August 19th. And uh, I'm actually, I'm thinking I'm going to see an early showing of this, which is going to be the 18th. Uh, yeah, I'm going to see this on Thursday. It premieres Friday. And then I will be interviewing Kyle probably on the 21st but you probably won't see it to maybe the 22nd so that is possibly the aim right there of when that is going to come out so i'm putting this date out because we already got it set but things can change it normally does not he's usually always on time but you never know what happens so that's the aim time for this interview and where everything to come so stay tuned get out there it's available on it's it this is possibly going to be the biggest movie of the year but probably the biggest grossing movie ever like even topping uh my hero academia world heroes mission plainly because when it's dragon ball and too much like world heroes mission that played everywhere like this is my hero academia was the first funimation movie to play on all theaters and that was a tester and that proved to be you know from a box office standpoint my hero academia proved that they can do it they've been playing 
and putting their foot in the theater uh in the theater waters for quite some time and now they felt it was the time my uh it especially during COVID, that you know my hero academia made box office success out there there's no doubt in this point in time in 2022 that dragon ball super superheroes will not break bank in theaters guarantee it it's definitely going to happen so stay tuned for that and much more so last thing i want to talk about is another must-see documentary on hbo max that is out now milestone generations which is um the rise and fall and rise again of milestone media milestone media is a kind of a uh parent a, a sister or brother comp um you know compilation project from dc comics it tells the history of milestone media during the 90s during one of the hottest point of the 90s and the 90s boom period and such um the rise and the fall of it how, how they became big how they you know gotten smaller you know again and the controversy that came on from there and that it with Dwayne mcduffie and the uh editorial that he did it, it rise to that and um and then them coming back in full force uh shout out to my man jeffrey uh thorne who is now working on blood syndicate and all of these are like rebooted versions of the previous uh you know lores of the dakota verse so it is awesome i right now uh i'm reading jeff's uh blood syndicate it is really good so far and the third issue has taken us to a place that is leading us to some future really epic things that is going on i had i talked to jeff i'm like what the hell are y'all doing over there what the hell is about to happen what was that first what was going on in the first few issues <laughs> there and uh he's like you know i gotta turn up the party pretty much so expect if you're reading that and i highly recommend you read that you read static you read icon and rocket i mean like you tell and hardware you, all of that just support this company they've been dope for before and with the help of jim lee who's now you know overseeing everything at dc he's making sure that representation remains there this time around and it is not going away in honor of the great late Dwayne McDuffie and all of the people that were that helped put together um milestone media in the 90s you know it's just great to see it and they got all these new talented you know artists and uh bringing it back some of the old crew is back too and trying to you know elevate new and they're doing something that I feel like a lot of companies aren't doing and I commend them big for this um is that they're 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 grooming new faces new representation they're tr they're tr really trying to bring more representation into the comic book industry which we don't see a lot of we don't see a lot of anything in everything we see people every once in a while that say that it's going to happen but it never really happens or it starts but it never finishes or it never continues so you know especially during the um especially during the what was that the, you know during the uh 2020 in the black lives matter movement and then we saw so many people and i'm not going to name names i'm not going to put them out i'm thinking of somebody in particular uh in the gaming industry who claimed that they were going to try to help people get in people of representation get in but we haven't heard anything from it since and we haven't seen any developments of it and i know it takes time for that stuff to happen but just to see that dc that is continuing that and is going on and i talked to jeff about what's going on in the industry and everything he says that they're working hard to get that to happen so i'm loving seeing that but i 
put this and compare it and contrast it to that of another documentary that I watched, which is Robert Kirkman's Secret of uh, Comics, um, which was a series of documentaries about the comic book industry and the history that was uh, shown on a, uh, AMC. And it was an awesome, awesome series. I highly recommend it. You could get it on uh if you own an iphone or you know if you have apple tv ios has it it's really reasonably priced by the way i think it's less than 20 bucks to get all episodes in there and it's a must if you're a comic book fan robert kirkman does a phenomenal job covering some of the awesome things from like the history of dc uh the history of marvel and one of my favorites the history of black uh superhero comics and the history of milestone media and what they you know, went through and the history of everything that going from there, they kind of covered a lot of what was already covered in, you know, Robert Kirkman's documentary, but what made it different. One, Mega, uh, Method Man, I was about to say Mega Man, Method Man was the host of this, which was awesome. You also had Phil Lamar that was in there as well and giving his thoughts on certain aspects of uh, his comic book reading history. And then also, I didn't, I had no idea of this, that it, I'm sure, pretty sure there are people out there who was, and when they hear me say this right now, they're going to be like, what? You didn't know? Like, shut up. Yes, I didn't know. Shut up. <laughs> no, but he, I, did, I had no idea he was the voice uh, of Static. I didn't know he was the voice of Virgil. And this, he, this is a credit to why I love Phil Lamar. He and how absolutely outstanding him as a actor, because he does live, I mean, as an actor, period. He is he does live action. He does voice acting. But when he does voice acting, he can he could be Aquaman at one point and then he could be Virgil another. And you would not be able to tell the difference of the two. He's done so many other voices. It's awesome. He's phenomenal. We don't talk about Phil Lamar enough. And he absolutely should, man. Um, Kevin, Kevin Michael Richardson. I mean, like guys like that. I love these guys. I, I wish I could get a hold of people like that for my show and i'm praying one day i will because it'll be a total honor to me to get somebody of you know my people on here but you know sometimes folks is some folks is just so hard to get through <laughs> and the filter and everything too so um i've said i've got i've wanted people before on the show that i've always wanted it just takes time uh i said this before with my hero academia i said this before about tc carson i said this before about a lot of people that I never thought I would get a chance to uh, talk to uh, Johnny Young Bosch. You know, I, I've somehow, some way, I end up making this happen. So, fingers crossed. You never know. I'm just putting it out there in the zeitgeist out <laughs> for you. But I thought it was an awesome telling. And then also, what I loved about it is that with the Kevin, um, with the um, Robert Kirkman one, didn't do is that they talked about, and I guess just because this is HBO and this is DC and this is, you know, Warner Brothers, they could do this. They really shined on Dwayne McDuffie's legacy after that of um, of doing, you know, Milestone Media when he did the Static Shot cartoon. He started writing for them and then it took off from there. He went off and did, um, what was it? Uh, a lot of other film, a lot of other projects as well. But most notably, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, which he's the reason 
why that show was so awesome. Not just the fact that they had great artwork by Paul Denny and and um, Alan Burt, uh, Burnett and everything, but the fact that they had the writing. It was some of the most sophisticated writing I have seen in any animation, probably since the 97 X-Men, or at least the first few seasons, first three seasons of the 97 X-Men. Uh, Dwayne McDuffie was able to take the 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 writing of that show and take it so far in a way that i've never seen it it was he took an animated cartoon and made it feel like it was a prime time television show with the nate with the subject matter and everything that they were writing about like i up until young justice justice league unlimited was the was i considered it the greatest and i mean the greatest animated show based on a comic book ever done and shout out to young justice they managed to take what he did and took the baton and took it even further and brought the subject matter even more to a real world aspect uh i talked to jeff about this before and in particular um when we talked about um what was that the episode where icon uh not icon but uh rocket and her kid who was autistic and everything that she was going through with you know having to you know have an autistic child and everything that blew me away stuff like that when you see stuff like that and then her trying to not only do that but also do her job as a superhero as part of the uh justice league and everything which is something that they did in the comics that's something that's very familiar that of rocket doing in the comics and they brought that to life with that episode and they actually did talk about rocket in the in the uh in the documentary and how she was able to do that because how she was able to have a kid as a single i guess as a single mom and she was able to raise a kid and still fight crime and still save the world at the same time and she was willing and determined to do both you know become that strong representation that can do both you know what i'm saying so i enjoyed what they covered in this i highly recommend if you rather are a fan of uh milestone media or if you st have not heard of milestone media in this aspect of the dc comics um industry and universe and you're fans of dc comics and jim lee's in there talking about it as well and what they're doing and everything and i, I talked to jeff I speaking of which i talked to jeff thorne like i said who writes for uh blood syndicate now um this documentary came right before they hired him to write for the uh show so like any footage that you see of them showing blood syndicate that i believe from what i heard from what he told me was probably before they you know hired him to write so you could connect that documentary and then go to the interview i did with him on blood syndicate uh that i recently did and check that out and get his side of how he brought it in and his connection to Dwayne mcduffie and everything that's happened there because if you saw the clip on my uh instagram post um you'll saw you saw the clip of him talking about how Dwayne mcduffie hired him you know to do certain uh writing projects for certain shows and everything and that's how he got his start with everything too really an awesome interview go out of your way check it out but definitely go and check out this documentary it's available now on hbo max it is called it is absolutely called milestone generations as presented by uh ally and uh who is really uh, from what he said is being an ally to them you know showing this documentary but also helping us i wish we had these opportunities let me tell you i wish we had these opportunities 
back in the 90s. I wish we had these opportunities when I was going into college. You know how hard it was for me to try to find, you know, let alone to be an artist, but to try to find connections in the world of art and design? Not easy. A lot of us wanted to break in because a lot of us were comic book fans. We grew up comic book fans. We grew up during the 90s boom period. And for people in our community, we did not have this. We did not have any of this at all. And it's great that we finally seeing it now. Like I'm not, I'm not bitter. I'm not mad because somehow, some way I found my way to doing what I love, not exactly doing what I love, but still being a part of the industry that I love. Um, this was just my way in. This is my way fighting in to get the opportunities to do this because a lot of people in our community don't get these opportunities. And it just, I'm just that damn determined because if I feel like I'm not good enough, I'm going to find my way there some way, somehow. So this was just our way of trying to get in to be a part of what we're seeing now. And, you know, of course, do I want to do more? Hell yes. I would love to work in the animated field. I would love to, I, I always wanted to work in animation. Um, I always wanted to work in comics, but I never had, they, I didn't never knew the way in. And when you find out the way in at the time, it was like a needle in a haystack. Well, there seems to be a little bit more needles in the haystacks we, that we can find now. And these kids now today are getting those opportunities and hopefully they will learn and hopefully they're teaching them to say, pass it on, keep it going, keep it growing. When I say keep it going and keep it growing, it's for situations like this. So I am very happy that Milestone Media is back. Thank you to Jim, Jim Lee was a, was a part, it was a big part of this. Uh, them bringing it back and um, it was awesome. It, it was awesome to see the documentary and everything. So go out of your way, check it out on HBO Max, but also go check out the Robert Kirkman uh, Secrets of Comic Book History. And you can just type in Robert Kirkman and this should probably pop up in any digital uh, stores that you that sells uh, digital uh, content there. Highly recommend just getting the entire series because they cover Every episode covers something different, but that episode with Milestone Media is deep. They also cover Image Comics as well in the rise and fall of, uh, sort of not, not really the fall, but the rise of Image Comics. But, you know, they had their bumps in the road too after that. But that's also a great documentary as well. But Milestone Generations is really awesome. HBO Max, hit it right now. Folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back. And we're gonna get down to a discussion about Marvel Studios and their decision to, I always hate saying this, but it is what it is. They, uh, their decision to, you know, end T'Challa's life in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in honor of uh, Chadwick Boseman. Was it the right decision? We'll talk about that and more right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. 
TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Charlotte Chung. And Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to... ACMG presents... Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Play! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is our discussion here. This is not a review this week. We're going to do a discussion regarding Black Panther, Wakanda, Forever, and the trailer that came out. And since the trailer has arrived in San Diego Comic-Con, a lot of people have had you know, there's been a debate of how they could have or should have handled the T'Challa character as well as Chadwick Boseman's legacy. I knew that we weren't when this happened as time went by from Chadwick's passing that there would be some rationalization and there would be, you know, we spoke about this at the beginning of the show and talking about that, you know, leading into this discussion right now. And how with time people reassess and rationalize the situation and they started thinking differently maybe we should recast maybe we should honor chadwick in a different way um and you know marvel stuck down and doubled down on their decision to not only honor chadwick that way but they also decided to take the character out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in replacement of a new Black Panther, uh, which many believe is going to be the character Suri. I don't think that's the case. My prediction is going to be Nakia because if you watch the first movie, they kind of, you know, were planting the seeds of Nakia being something a little bit more than just a spy for Wakanda. And we're seeing her fight at the end along with Suri. You know, they left it open. You, we don't know where it's going to come out at in this case. So we'll we'll see how this goes. But there's a lot of discussion right now as to what they're going to do. Because, you know, going into this movie when it comes in November, and I told people when we were talking about it in our ACMG Facebook group, this movie will not only just be a movie. This is going to be a memorial because of what they did. So there will be some crying. There will be some mourning. There are going to be some people that are probably going to be depressed, depending on how they handle the movie. I think I do think that they're going to handle the movie in a way that will honor Chadwick, that will honor T'Challa, but that will also bring in hope and something that's joyful and action packed at the same time. Um, so this, this is going to be a deep movie. I guarantee this is going to be a record breaking movie of the year for the year. Uh, and we'll see how this goes, man. This is going to be the topic of discussion by the end of the year and how they handle this from there. So all I know is that Marvel Studios has not done wrong for us yet. I don't think that we're going to do they're going to do wrong for us here. I would be very surprised. I mean, it, they've had rarities, you know, before of doing this, but I don't know this time right at, at this point. I, I just I'm just looking to wait and see what they do. I could, you know, in terms of how I feel. I don't mind what they did right now, um, what they're doing with the character right now, but I also, and mostly because other characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe 
have also passed and we won't see them ever again. And yes, I'm talking about, you know, Tony Stark and whatever, but there's something different about T'Challa. There's the difference between T'Challa and Tony Stark, which is why we can actually have this conversation here. So of all the comments that I heard here, Van Lathan Jr.'s was probably the most provided the most powerful perspective based on his emotion and his thoughts on the situation. Van Lathan Jr., if you um, don't know who that is, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, he is a producer, a Oscar winning producer. Uh, and I say that with such afflic- with such an affliction because he was a producer for a TMZ. Yeah, due to circumstances and controversy, he was he was released from TMZ. He's doing his own thing. He got an Oscar right after that. Worked with a lot of great people in the industry who supported and believed in him. Van Lathan, in some cases, is a guy to look up to. Is a I want to say hero, you know, because um, you know I don't think he would like to say it that way, but he's a guy with thoughts he's a guy he's a voice for the voiceless he was the voice for the voiceless in tmz um they have people of of color and and representation there but he was one of the best representations that we have because his mind is so on point when it comes to certain issues and also if you don't know who he is i can possibly may remind you by the one thing he was the guy who told and, and, and really told off kanye west on tmz and it became a really, it became a, a uh, heard around the world type of moment because he got to say, what he said to Kanye was something that many of us in the culture and the community wanted to say to Kanye, but he was the one that, you know, got the opportunity to do it and was brave enough to do it and had enough sense to do it. And that was just one of the things that helped bring his career in but also he's just a really sound minded brother and a really a guy that we need in in any industry in any community right now so he has his podcast called the higher learning podcast and um him and his co-host i believe she was on the bachelor i believe uh those two do a podcast together it's a really intriguing podcast i follow van lathan's uh instagram page a lot and he provided the following so I, I i wrote this word from word of what he said and i want to read this off to you and then probably break it down some parts of this too so here it is and this is his thoughts towards what he thought they should have done and what he wished that they would have done with black panther and a t'challa character uh because he's double downing that they shouldn't have killed him off so here we go i understand from a personal standpoint, why Coogler, Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther and Creed and such, uh, could not recast the role. I understand why. And you have to give space to the actual creatives who are making this movie, who want to honor their friend in a way that his memory, you know, that does his memory right. The reason why I feel so strongly about this is not even because of T'Challa. We lost Chadwick Boseman to cancer at the age of 44. That was an obscene, unspeakable tragedy that he went through to do that silently and to act and perform for children and people like myself who worship. He's speaking for himself, but he's speaking for me as well. I mean, it's just unbelievable what Chadwick did, but who want to who worship these stories 
from uh, for so long is one of the more braver and heroic things he has ever seen an actor do. And I'm gonna stop right there because yes, that was the that was an incredible thing when we found out that he was not only doing this during his diagnosis of cancer, but he also was also going to children's, you know, uh, hospitals to help them through the situation, unbeknownst to any of us that he was going through this himself. What an amazing guy that is. What an amazing guy who left us. Okay. And we're still trying to find another one like him. Where there's some out there. There are still needles in haystacks of people out there like him. It's just unbelievable what he did. All right. So Van goes on to say losing a black man to a disease at 44 is very common for a black man, unfortunately. Very true. A life expectancy is not quite that. Let me go back and say that again. A life expectancy is not quite what it is for uh, other people and the country we die soon we have diabetes we have hiv we have and aids we have heart conditions we have cancer and we pass away it's sad and we try to tell each other do better whatever whatever as he puts it and that's true we have so many situations you see commercials all this uh, about this all the time how we're the leading cause of everything like that it, it it's unfortunate it is true. It is sadly true. We, you know, I'm taking, you know, unbeknownst to anybody, I'm taking heart, um, you know, blood pressure meds. You know what I'm saying? You know, I go through a lot of stress myself. <laughs> what can you say? It, it, it's very true. For me, oh, well, I'm sorry. Let me go back. I'm going forward too much. Uh, he goes on to say it's a sad fact of the bullshit, putrid life sometimes that it is to be black in America. Absolutely true. For me, T'Challa lives forever. Like he doesn't die based on what happens in the real world. When he said that, when he said that, I absolutely agree on that situation of him saying, yeah, like, all right, yes, that's the real world. And he's gonna he's gonna go on to say why to further, you know, elaborate on why that is. But yeah, it makes sense when he said it. And when you put it out like that, it makes all the sense in the world because how he, what he goes th what goes through a uh, person in the real world should not affect that of a movie. But I get that he we were so in this case with Chadwick Boseman, he is the first Black Panther of the live action movies, and he was doing it so well that people he we can't think of anybody else. I mean, he played Thurgood, he played all these other people, Jackie Robinson, everything. Uh, you know, um, James Brown, we just, when it came to Black Panther, it was a role. He was the first one to take that role. There's been other Jackie Robinsons. There's been other, you know, Thurgood Marshalls in the, around. There's been other Martin Luther Kings. There's been so many, there's been as many Martin Luther Kings as the, as there've been Superman <laughs> played in his role, but there's only been one so far to Chala, And that was Chadwick Boseman. And we lost him way too soon. And it affected everybody. I mean, you saw the, the the documentary and the pictures of the kids on social media doing their own type of, you know, memoriam of them and doing the Wakanda Forever sign and everything. Very touching scenes around the world and they're just crying. I get it. I understand that part. So, you know, it's 
this is a rare type of situation where we get the first, but in this case, this one, for some reason, they wanted to, you know, and, you know, the role, the role of T'Challa along with that. And it sounds good, but then again, you really think about it. It's like, is it really good? So Ban goes on to continue to say, for me, T'Challa stays forever. Like he doesn't die based on what happens in the real world. T'Challa was here uh, when I was nine. T'Challa was here when I was six. T'Challa is supposed to be here when my kids are nine and when my kids are six. T'Challa is a forever character. And it is not a reminder for me. It is now not a reminder for me, the character of T'Challa, the Black Panther, who he represents. It's not supposed to be a reminder of how hard things are in the actual world. That's when you think about if you're thinking on a side of if you're one of those people thinking on a side of, you know, they should have gotten rid of his character. When he says that, that puts perspective. That definitely puts perspective into things. And then he goes to elaborate even more on this because. Yeah, man, um, things that happen to. Chadwick Boseman should it, it sounds harsh, but it really should not affect the storyline of a movie or anything. It really shouldn't. But again, there's that other side. It's like you're honoring somebody who puts so much work into his craft. But not only that, he went above and beyond and did what he did. Van mentioned it that he would he mentioned, you know, while in cancer, he still visited Children's Hospital. That is one of the most heroic things that a, a person can do. And I would say dare dare say altruistic, which is a rarity. The word is said common, but it's not it's not advocated and it's not acted on as much. That was very altruistic for Chadwick to do because he didn't. He could have taken credit for this. He could have told everybody he had cancer, but he didn't. That's what altruism pretty much is in a sense, is that you're doing stuff without trying to take claim. That's what Chadwick did. He went and did all this, didn't tell anybody he was diagnosed with cancer. He left the world and we found out later that he did all this. What he did was very altruistic in a sense. So when you think about that, that's what that's on the other side of everything. So, I mean, the balance is still there as to whether or not that, you know, in my opinion, like he should have done it or not, or Marvel Studios should have done it or not. And I'm going to finish what he said and to watch the character be killed because of the circumstances that something befalls us in the real world. It's too real for me. I understand that it is. It really is. It's not, there's no way if fans of butts about it, he goes on to say, to be honest with you, it is not something that other people in this, in this space had to deal with. This is when he's going to elaborate more on this situation. They get to have six Batmans. They get to have three Peter Parkers and put them all in a movie together. They get to have different Hawks and different Superman. Christopher Reeves, an amazing Superman. He passes away in life. This uh, this is later on in life, but that's okay. He goes on. Take note. He says this. Don't take my. This is why I'm saying the whole thing. Let me cut this real quick. This is why I'm, I'm saying the whole thing word for word. Because if you hear it from me, and I'm saying it, you get the context of it. 
he's going to clarify himself real quick. So, I mean, and I highly recommend everybody to go watch, uh, go to follow him on his uh, social media page. He's on his Instagram page and you can hear from his own words, but he clarified this not by saying it's okay that he died. So let me finish off here. Just wanted to point that out. He's not saying this in any malicious, evil way. So for those who get all triggered and everything at the minute that something happens or minute somebody say something without reading or listening or watching the full context of things, just listen thoroughly. He goes on to say, it's not okay that Christopher Reeves died, but uh, it's not okay that he died. But you have Henry Cavill as Superman. You have Tom Welling as Superman. You have Brandon Roth, who's Superman. Take note. He did not mention the recent Superman from Superman and Lois, uh, actor Tyler uh, Hoechlin as well, but you get the point. And the character itself is immortal, but our character, ours is not immortal. And we go back to his side of things and the other people's side of things. We don't have that many representational heroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're, com they're more coming, but one of that caliber we didn't have one that big. He was the biggest black character we've had since Blade. And we're getting Blade back with Mah um, Mahershala Ali. But Black Panther was something really special. I mean, you got a character who's not only a king of a country, we also have a character who's a king of the most powerful country in the world. A, a character who in the comics beat the Fantastic Four on his own. A character in the comics who actually killed Daymore too. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you know, read the comics. Marvel Cinematic Universe will probably be different. And obviously, it will be different now. We don't know how it's going to happen now because that's another problem. We will not see the rivalry between T'Challa, the Black Panther, and Namor, which is what this was originally going to be based on. And if you haven't read the comics, go out of your way to read the comics. Uh, X-Men versus uh, Avengers versus X-Men where T'Challa, where Namor, who was being taken over by the Phoenix Force, flooded Wakanda. And you'll see parts of that based around this storyline that's going to happen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not exactly because this is not X-Men versus uh, Avengers or Avengers versus X-Men, I should say. This is a whole new thing with Wakanda, but with the rivalry started with Namor and T'Challa was that Namor took it upon himself being engulfed in the Phoenix Force. And if you're not a comic book fan, look up Phoenix, Phoenix Force and learn why that is very important to this situation. He was taken over by the Phoenix Force and in his own way decided to flood Wakanda. And T'Challa had bad beef with him ever since, you know, this is crazy. Like it, for those who don't know, Namor is a mutant in the Marvel Comics universe. In fact, he's known as the first mutant. So that's why he was a part of the X-Men, because at the time he became a member of the X-Men. And that's what happened on that note. So stick with me there. This is you're going to see a lot of this in the new movie coming up, but you're, you will not see Namor with the Phoenix Force. You will not see the X-Men just yet. But they're taking bits from that storyline to bring on to this storyline, which is coming into the um, why the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not is loosely based on the elements and things that are happening around the Marvel comic universe. It's his own universe, but stories will be told and celebrated there. Unfortunately, the one 
story that would not be celebrated is that one. So that's unfortunate. But I digress. He talks about how we don't get these opportunities and we don't get these other to, you know, we won't get another T'Challa because they killed him off. And when you got so many other characters that he mentioned, like the Supermans, the Hawks, um, even the Spider-Mans, of course. Yes, we got three different Spider-Mans. We have all these. We don't get to replace T'Challa now. We don't get that benefit of seeing somebody who can, unless they completely somehow, this is two things I can see them doing. We start a whole new universe again, or because this is the multiverse, you know, this is the multiverse universe that in some other universe, we see a different T'Challa and that T'Challa somehow comes and takes, we get a new T'Challa again because they're doing the multiverse saga. There is a chance for them to do and recast another T'Challa. So I'm not saying that is completely over yet. There is another chance that we could get another T'Challa in due time. And because if you read the actual 2015 Secret Wars, it was the same Secret Wars that brought Miles Morales from the Ultimate Universe and brought him into the 616 Universe. Because when you do a multiverse angle, it gives creative license and opportunity to do things that you normally don't do in the core canon universe. It allows the writers to take liberties with these with these things. So, yes, in hindsight, we are not getting a Black Panther. We're not getting a T'Challa right now. We're getting a Black Panther, but we're not getting a T'Challa right now. But it's not to say that it's forever. They have time to actually work on this because when you looked at the you looked at uh what was it the San Diego Comic-Con Art Hall H panel and we saw Kevin Feige line up everything that was leading into 2025 they have enough time to say okay we're doing this multiverse angle we can probably work in a new person to take over a T'Challa of a different universe and somehow combine him into the 616 MCU there's a possibility so I won't rule this out completely so I know Van is a little bit distraught right now but there's a chance that we may this is not over I don't think this is over I think we can remember in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness we managed to see another Captain Marvel in the form of uh carol danvers um best friend who played her in another universe they can do it it's not over yet i don't believe it's over if people start crying enough and being you know showing and being, lending their voices and letting kevin feige and, and marvel uh studios see that it's time we're ready for another t'challa they can do it they can absolutely do it so Let's not give up hope on that theory right now. Let's not do it. So he ends by saying we have to mourn all these people in the real world. And then we have to effing more go uh, to the movies to mourn T'Challa too. I'm sorry. I understand. It's not effing fair. I completely understand. I completely get it. I don't disagree with anything he says. I totally understand what he says. He says he has every right to feel and sound that way. And, and, and just, you know, emotionally be that way. I feel, I empathize with him. 
I also understand people who say that they, they, they shouldn't. But time has passed by. We can possibly see another one. I think we've, we've healed enough to see another one. And I'd say to Van, I hope to say to somebody in the Marvel Cinematic Universe who may hopefully be listening to this, we got time. The multiverse saga is coming. It is, it is here. It is going to be here. And from that point, T'Challa can rise again. You know, I don't think there's a wrong answer in any of this, to be honest. I don't think this is a wrong answer at all. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys got to say. But for me, I I love what Marvel Studios have done to this point. I get it. We do need more black superheroes. We're getting more black superheroes, but we damn sure needed T'Challa. Um, but I understand what they're doing here. But again, they can weave this any way possible. And I see it weaving something really interesting. So let's keep on going with the ride see what happens at the end of the multi-verse uh, saga and see what happens and if you really want to chala back in an, any different form or way what's your opinion they've been listening to us so far let's see how far do you go from here folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live thank you once again for this and uh thank you for listening to this episode and every episode of talk time live uh talk time live i should say um if you want to hear this episode and every episode please go to talktimelive.com all of our audio episodes are there our exclusive video interviews is there as well uh again we got two new interviews coming in august i didn't mention the second one because the first one i mentioned was kyle a bear the voice of gohan from dragon ball super and he will be the star of Dragon Ball Super Superheroes coming in August. So he'll be back to talk about that and much more. But another good friend of mine is coming back as well. Danielle Kennedy. She was on last time to talk about her role in Ghostbusters Afterlife. She is coming back once again to talk about her awesome role in the upcoming movie Day Shift coming to Netflix starring uh, Jamie Foxx, Snoop Dogg, Megan Good, and a host of others. She is the vampire granny that you saw at the very first scene of the trailer. So she's gonna come back. She's done, she's done a lot of comedy and horror flicks as well. We're gonna talk about her role in this $100 million budget film <laughs> that they did. And her experience with Jamie and, and all the rest of the crew as well. I know she got some a lot of things that she's going to show. There's some pictures that she's uh, showing with her and uh, Jamie as well. This is awesome. Like, I can't wait to talk to her. She is a very, very wonderful person indeed. Um, very grateful to work with her, to have her on the show, and to learn more from her experiences as well. So stay there for that. Next week, I will not be here as well. Uh, may, there may be, I believe there will be a select start podcast but there will not be a uh sunday show because it is the weekend of my 17th wedding anniversary so i'm taking a break from there and then from that point we're gonna keep it going from that point from there uh you'll have plenty of different content that is coming soon trust me and then following that i'm going to new york comic con as well to cover everything that's going on there and whatever the hell i'll be doing from there so stay tuned for all that and much much more so again if you want to subscribe and download on your uh for audio podcast you can listen to this podcast wherever podcasts are played including spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google podcast stitcher popping tune in audible pocket cast pandora and of course, if you follow me on Talk Time Live on Tumblr, you can listen to the episodes there. You can follow me on Instagram at Dak Xavier underscore Josiah, and I'll keep you 
updated with everything that's going on from there. So folks, thank you again. That'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great and safe weekend, people. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.